Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first seat that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up for the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with to with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest rooms available for them. And there was a shepherd living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over his flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that this will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is a Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those who, whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see things, this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. Thanks, Nelly. <clears throat> Can I just say that, so I've only been here for six months, um, and these young people are the reason that I'm here, they're the reason that the church thought that they needed someone to come in. And I'm very proud to stand here and say that I'm responsible for you lot because you do do me very, very proud. Um, so a round of applause for you. I do feel like a proud mother with them all. It's great. Um, yeah, so I want to, before we start, um, for those of you that are sitting on the end of pews, you will notice that there are post-it notes and there's pens dotted about the place on this side of the pews, unfortunately. Sorry, Jason. Um, <laughs> you can get one too, though. Um, if you would like to, in true school fashion, take one and pass it along so that each one of you have a post-it note. Uh, this is an interactive sermon for you this evening. Um, so using your post-it note at some point um, during the next, say, 20, 25 minutes, if you want to have a think about what brings you joy and what has brought you joy in the last year, so since last Christmas up until this very moment, the thing that has brought you the most joy, and write it on that post-it note. Try and keep it anonymous if you can. Um, but yeah, just have a think about what it is that brings you the most joy. I should have been prepared and I've already thought about mine, but I've realized now that I've not, so I'll also need to have a think about that. Um, yeah, and hopefully the pens work. They're new, so blame Tesco and not me if they don't work. Um, there is a, a big, huge sheet of white paper in the very back corner of the hall that you will see when we go through. Um, so if you keep a hold of your post-it note with what brings you joy, and we're going to stick them all onto there, and then we can all see what brings you joy. Yeah. So God has really blessed me this year. Um, I have completed another year of my studies. I'm now almost halfway through a degree, finally. Um, and I have found myself landed here which is great. I've been really enjoying this as well. I've spent half a year here already, um, and I really enjoyed getting to know you guys um, and finally learning most of your names. I still think that you should all have name tags because there's only one of me and there's an awful lot of you, um, but I'm getting there. 
uh, and my relationship with God has only continued to grow as well. Uh, and every Christmas for the last few years that I've been a Christian, I've taken time to consider the reason for the season, um, to kind of figure out that there's so much more to this idea than just a baby being born or that Jesus came to earth. Um, and this year, what I've really been focusing on and what we focused on in Bible class as well is that idea of joy at Christmas time. And so that's what we're going to look at today. So the Israelites, that is God's chosen people, had been waiting for a Messiah. And hundreds of years before, the prophet Isaiah had said to them, the people walking in darkness, that is the Israelites, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government a peace and peace there will be no end he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the lord almighty will accomplish this that seems like a pretty impressive job title it's more impressive than mine i'll give you that um but this prophecy foretold the birth of a baby a very very special baby so I asked my mum yesterday, I texted her, and asked her what she wanted me to be when I grew up, um, which is quite a difficult question, I suppose. Like, what did she think that I would study? What did she think that I would go into? And I was really hoping that she was going to say, like, oh, I wanted you to be a doctor, I wanted you to do this. She told me that she wanted me to grow up to be happy, which is very sweet. Um, not the answer I was looking for, though. But still, a good answer all the same. Um, when I was little, I wanted to be a vet. Um, when I was little, I wanted to help horses, I wanted to help race horses. I didn't like the fact that they got hurt. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a horse person, I don't like racing. I'm not even an animal person really, but apparently I wanted to be a vet and help them out. Um, and I've secretly always wanted to be an astronaut. Like I still do, I still want to work for NASA someday. Then I, I will be the NASA chaplain if it takes. That's gonna be my job, I'm telling you. Um, but I have ended up in youth ministry at the moment. so. That is out of this world, I suppose you could say. So I'm almost there, almost there. Um, when Jesus was born though, Mary and Joseph didn't look down at their little baby wondering if he'd be a doctor or if he'd be a soldier. They didn't hope that he passed higher English or advanced higher English. They didn't hope that he'd get into university. They looked down and knew that their baby was the savior of the world. They looked down at their own son and knew that he would save them. They looked down and didn't see a doctor, but a healer, not a soldier, but the man who would single-handedly take on and defeat evil. And Mary didn't hope and pray that her son would grow up to be a godly man because he was God as man. So Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem into the family of David, just as Isaiah had promised and written hundreds of years before. People had waited for this for generations. Generations of teenage girls had longed to be the mother of the Messiah. Uh, which is what we spoke about in Bible class. I don't know how many of us prayed and hoped at the age of 13 that we would be the mother of the Messiah, but I think that, I think that that's dealt with now, that um, Mary has taken that for us, thankfully. So when he arrived, when he came to Bethlehem as a baby, just as Millie read, the angels appeared before the shepherds and said, do not be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy. A savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, he is the Lord. And this is no ordinary birth announcement. You don't find it in the paper. There's not a post on Facebook that you can share. God chose the shepherds to be the first people to find out that his son had came to earth. 
and he told them with millions and millions of angels. He lit up the sky for him. That was how special this baby was. God didn't choose the priests or the law keepers. He didn't choose the people that knew the Torah the best. He chose those that were socially outcast and unaccepted in the towns. He chose those that needed him the most because that's who Jesus came for. No longer was the relationship with God only possible through knowing the scriptures or following every single rule. Jesus came as the Messiah and he came to save everyone. That relationship lives within us and not on a piece of paper anymore. He came to save everyone from their sins. And sins are bad things and we all do it, even those of us that have been to church every single Sunday of their entire lives. Those of us that stand up here and tell you that sins are bad still sin. Jesus didn't come as a baby for those that he knew would come to him and sit in church every single Sunday and listen to every single word that was said. He came for for those that wouldn't. He came for those that couldn't sit in church, that can't tell you what John 3.16 stands for, that what it says, what it means. He came to earth as a baby for every single person in this room, whether they're sitting in their usual Sunday seat or whether you've never been here before, that he came for you. Through knowing him and loving him, there is salvation and there is joy, just as the angels promised. So tonight, that's what we wanted to bring you as a Bible class. That's what I wanted to bring to you as the youth worker of Airdrie Baptist Church. I wanted to bring you the good news of great joy. Jesus is born, the King is here, and we are safe. The joy that comes from knowing Jesus is not only a joy that takes everything bad away, is not, sorry, a joy that takes everything bad away. Becoming a Christian does not make your life any easier. In fact, I know a lot of people that would probably tell you that it makes your life harder. There are battles that you still have to face in life, but knowing that he is there gives you more strength, more happiness that's found in the darkest of times. He is light and light shines in the darkness. I was speaking to one of my friends a couple of weeks ago. Um, He knows all kinds of things about science and stuff and physics and the way that light actually works Um, and he was talking about how you can have so much darkness that the light disappears but you can have so much light that the darkness disappears like even when you close your bedroom door at night if you've left the hall light on the light still comes under the door it's not a case of that because that room is dark the hall goes dark it's because the hall is light that your room becomes light and so the light has to flood in and it will do that at every opportunity and the light of God and Jesus being the light, he still does that too. And we should know that. So 1 Peter 1 verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And this passage is one of my favorites, not because it tells us about the story of Jesus or because it tells us about the creation of the world, because it gives us some moral message that we can take away from it, but because it just tells us the truth that the whole thing, the whole Bible tells the truth, I should probably specify that. But this tells you that that because you've seen him and because, or you've not seen him, but you know him, that there's joy to be found in that. That that's something that we have experienced, that we have experienced this unbelievable joy from that, that moment, that little feeling that you get inside you, that little niggle. That's not your conscience speaking, it's not Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder, that it is him and it is the Holy Spirit. Um, although we've not seen Jesus like his mother did, like his disciples did, or even like his betrayer did, we still love him. And because of that love, we are rewarded with a joy that can't be replicated by anything else. 
And because of him, we feel the Holy Spirit move within us. And because of him, we can celebrate Christmas time. And my absolute favorite thing about Christmas time is getting to spend the day with my family. And I'm about to tell you that we're really busy people and we don't get together very often, but most of them are now sitting here, so I feel like I can't say that. But there's a couple of us missing. You, we are very busy people, and so it is rare. And also, I, really, I live quite far away from them all now, which is totally my fault. But we very rarely get to spend the whole day together. And so Christmas Day is that guaranteed day of the year where we know what's happening. We're, having, we're going to eat a lot of food, and we're going to play a game, and Granddad will fall asleep at some point, and we'll have a great laugh. Um, but some 2,000 years ago, there was a new family that was being brought together in Bethlehem. Just as the prophet Isaiah had promised the Jews hundreds of years before his birth, there would be joy in Bethlehem that night. And just as the angels told the shepherds that night in Bethlehem that there would be a savior moving among them that is bringing us joy even still. And at Christmas time, on Christmas Day, hey Grace, what's up? <laughs> um, just, just as Jesus promised us, he moves among us even today. He's bringing us joy even still. At Christmas time, we celebrate Jesus' birth. We've all heard the story of how it came to be. For those of you that were lucky enough to witness our nativity service this morning, that was fantastic. Um, some of these guys are our stars of the show, um, and you'll get a sneak preview of one of the songs that we had this morning later on as well. But you know the story of how Jesus came to earth. You know the story of what he did when he was here on earth. And you know the story of how he left the earth. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end with Jesus dying on the cross at Easter time. And it doesn't even end with his resurrection or with his ascension. It is still going. This story is still going. It ends in the far off future that we, don't e we can't even put a date on. It's continuing today. And although we do not see him, we love him. And we're filled with the joy that those shepherds, that Mary and Joseph and that Isaiah and the Jews must have felt when Jesus was born. That joy is still available today, and it comes with eternal life. So joy at Christmas is a never-ending joy that comes only from him. He is the greatest gift that any of us could ever receive. And I reckon that I've done pretty well with Christmas presents this year, so that's quite hard for me to say, to say that there's a greater gift possible than the ones I have wrapped under my tree at the moment. But apparently there is. And I, was, I didn't think my brother was going to be here, so I was going to tell you what he was getting for Christmas, but I'm not going to tell you. You'll have to wait. Um, <laughs> but I've done really good with his present this year. I'm quite proud of it. Um, so I found really cute gifts for my friends. I've got stuff for my family. I've got stuff for everyone that's important to me. Um, but none of that would be possible without the birth of a baby. None of the, the celebration, none of, these, none of this good news would be possible without that first Christmas day. So I am joyful when I wish you a Merry Christmas, and I am joyful when I tell you the good news of Jesus, and I'm joyful when I see my family gathered round the table at Christmas Day. So let's celebrate the real reason for the season and celebrate Jesus. They remember our Savior. He was born to a teenage girl in a dirty stable in a tiny town, born to save the world and rule the nations. He is good, he is king, and he is joy. So grab your post-it note, Grace has hers, and read over it. Why does this thing bring you so much joy? Is it something that you can thank God for? If you are a praying person, then take time to do that at some point over the next 10 or so minutes whilst we sing. After we're done, we're going to come and close the service and we'll all go through to the hall. In the hall, as I've said, there's a really big sheet of card or paper at the back. 
um, on one of our boards in the back left-hand corner. Um, it says what brings you joy, you can't miss it. Um, if you want to stick your post-it note on there um, and have a read of what others have said as well, see if there's someone there that has the same thing as you that's brought you joy. Um, but yeah, so just that, I just focus in on that idea that he is joy and that he is good all the time. So we're going to sing Joy to the World, um, and then we're going to invite some of our kids at ABC Sunday Schoolers up um, to lead us in one of their songs that we had this morning, um, and then we'll begin to close the service. So thank you all so much again for coming out and braving this cold weather. I'm aware that the weather outside is very frightful, and that there is no delightful fire here for you, unfortunately. And there's no snow either, um, but we are here, and Jesus is here. And I'm so glad that you came out to celebrate with us all this evening. So thank you.